All right. Welcome. Welcome back to Get Loud Sports. This is the coach. I got to be honest with you guys. I'm having a lot of fun picking out what old school pro wrestling theme music to use uh, to bring in the show and send it back out at the end. That is a lot of fun. So uh, expect plenty more of that. Now we're going to get into it today. It's uh, October 3rd. Uh, and we're going to wrap up what, uh, what we didn't finish up of college football for the weekend. Uh, the NFL season, uh, let's see, we're into week four here, wrapping up, uh, tonight with, uh, Monday night football Rams and 49ers. We're going to go through everything that happened yesterday and we got a little bit of mixed martial arts news. We got some local sports news to get into. So let's get right down to it. Um, I want to jump into what was left of college football when we last met up. Um, there were a lot of upsets, a lot of big games, a little bit of movement in the top 25. But since I'm kind of a kind of a local sports guy, I got to go right back to something that I just for the life of me cannot figure out what's going on with. And that is the Michigan State Spartans. They got beat on Saturday uh, by Maryland, 27 to 13. That puts Michigan State now at two and three. And they are, they're destroyed right now. They've got a head coach that they've just given a monster contract to after a partially good season, beating Michigan in an upset or whatever, got him paid. And all of a sudden they cannot fight their way out of a wet paper bag. Let's take a look at the Spartan season so far. So they started out the whole uh, 2022 campaign by beating the Western Michigan Broncos 35 to 13. That's that's a good win right there for sure. Uh, Western, you never know what you're going to get out of them. Turns out this year they're not good. So what's that win worth? Not much. And then they beat Akron 52 to nothing. So another max school. Uh, and then they decide uh, that's it. That's all we're going to do for the whole season. They lose 39 to 28 to Washington. 34-7 upset win by Minnesota, and then get beat 27-13 by Maryland. Well, this week, next coming week, on the 8th, they've got Ohio State. Good luck with that. Uh, after that, you've got a couple of two and three teams, uh, Wisconsin after that, and then Michigan. Uh, you know, Michigan State has historically been the one to play spoiler to Michigan when they really think they've got a great season going on. Michigan State rolls into town and screws it up for them, hands them the one loss of the season or whatever. If I was a betting person, which this one would probably be worth putting some money on, I feel like this is a free win. I'm putting all my money on Michigan. I can't imagine what the line is going to be like by the time that game rolls around. Uh, but that is October 29th. You've got the Michigan Wolverines and the Michigan State Spartans going at it. And that is uh, that is sure to be an ugly one that state fans are going to want to forget and never have to talk about again. But guess what? Us Michigan fans, we ain't going to let you. Because when we finally get you down, we're going to keep you down. So that's uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, little situation for the Spartans there. Uh, but anyway, what do you think? Do you think Do you think Michigan State uh, cuts ties with, with Tuck after this year? Do they give him another season to try to figure it out? And, and what is left to even figure out? I don't even know. I do not know. But that is a that's a disaster, absolute disaster going on there. Uh, let's take one more look at the top twenty-five. I believe we did have a wrap up on on one game we were chatting about. Yeah, so Mississippi State ended up uh, upsetting Texas A and M forty-two to twenty-four. Huge win for Mississippi State there for sure. And Georgia just barely pulls one off against Missouri, twenty-six to twenty-two. That was 
a much closer game than it should have been. And it really makes you wonder, is this year's Georgia Bulldog team anywhere near as good as last year's? Um, every now and then you'll get that one team that uh, that'll push you and upset the season for you. And you always, you know, you always get all these SEC guys that always talk about how, you know, when you go on the road and you play in the SEC, anything can happen and blah, blah, blah. I hate to break it to everybody that uh, thinks the SEC is the, the start and the end in college football, but it is not. There are other really good conferences in football, and the Big Ten happens to be one of them. Going on the road and playing against any Big Ten team, ranked or not, no matter how good your season's been going, they'll screw it up for you. They're all out there to play spoiler against each other. We got Michigan, I believe, on the road this week against Indiana. Indiana may not be ranked right now, but don't ever sleep on them because they're just like Michigan State. They're there to screw it up for you. When you think you're about to do something for a season, Indiana's there to screw it up for you for sure. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. But that's a big win right there for, uh, like we said, Mississippi State over A&M, and then Missouri almost pulls one out against Georgia. So that's uh, that's about it for uh, for the remainder of the college football week in review. So we are going to move on to the NFL um, it's Monday right now. Uh, Rams and Niners are just kicking off. Uh, actually, I take that back. Looks like the Rams already scored, so they're up 3-0 on San Francisco. Um, so there's a, both those teams in that game right now. We've got to kind of wait and see if they can figure out what they're really about this year. The Rams do not look like they're anywhere near as good as they were last season, although they didn't really lose a lot of pieces. Uh, they don't have Odell Beckham Jr., and they don't have Von Miller, so those are pretty pretty key pieces on both sides of the ball that they are playing without compared to last season. But, but outside of that, it's a real similar looking Rams team. The 49ers, on the other hand, they have no idea who they are right now. Nobody was expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to still be playing this season, let alone even hanging out in San Francisco. But here he is. He's the starter again. And he started out looking like Hadn't missed a beat. Then last week, uh, he kind of stumbled a little bit. So let's see what he's worth against the Rams tonight. Uh, Should be a good game. Like we said, it's uh, six minutes to go in the first quarter, and the Rams are sitting on a 3-0 lead. Uh, Last Thursday, we had the Bengals taking down the Dolphins uh, in that uh, that game that sent Tua off on a stretcher. Um, We already know all the details on that. Um, He has been ruled out. For this week with a concussion, big shocker, uh, shouldn't have been playing this last week anyway. I'm going to not go on another rant about that. Um, but anyway, those are the those are the two games we've got uh, to discuss first. Now we're going to go through everything that happened on Sunday. Uh, first one at the top of the list, I'm going to briefly mention and then come back to Seahawks over Lions, 48-45. Oh, uh, yeah, the Vikings taking down the Saints, 28-25. Falcons over Browns, 23-20. to These are a lot of close games, guys. This is how tight the NFL can really be sometimes. Then we get into some bigger wins here. Cowboys over Washington, 25-10. to That one just keeps asking the question of the Dallas Cowboys, is Cooper Rush your guy? Uh, if I'm remembering the stat correctly, he is the first Dallas Cowboys quarterback uh, to win his first four starts with the team. He's had three this year, plus one last year, four wins, four starts for Cooper Rush. Is Dak Prescott about to get Tony romo out of his job the exact same way he took the starting gig from Romo all those years ago? Um, it sounds like he's going to try to be ready to go this next week. Let's take a look and see who they're playing this next week. Um, and 
Is he rushing himself back? We won't know yet. Okay, so this next weekend, uh, Sunday the 9th, uh, it is Cowboys and Rams. Rams currently favored by four and a half over the Cowboys. Uh, a little bit of information coming out today says that Dak's going to try to play against the Rams. That would be at least a couple weeks ahead of the original schedule that we were told that he was working with on when you would expect him to return to play. Um, we'll see. Is he getting desperate? Does he see that his job may be at risk and he's rushing himself back early? I don't know. That could be a, could be a big mistake there. Or maybe it'll pay off. Maybe he'll be fine. I guess we'll find out uh, towards the end of the week. Uh, other scores to report, we got Titans over Colts, 24 to 17. The Matt Ryan experiment in Indianapolis is still not working out. Now we got Giants over Bears, 20 to 12. Eagles over Jags, 29 to 21. Uh, that leaves Philadelphia, the only undefeated team in the NFL right now, sitting at 4 and 0. Definitely wouldn't have expected that before the season got started. Uh, Jets over Steelers, 24 to 20. Uh, mid game, the Steelers quit on Mitch Trubisky and went to the rookie, uh, Kenny Pickett. Steelers fans have been begging for it. They wanted to see what Pickett had to, had to offer. Uh, it turns out what Kenny Pickett was worth, at least in the remainder of this game for the Steelers was 10 for 13 for 120 yards and three picks. So, uh, Steelers fans, be careful what you wish for. That was it right there. Uh, Bills squeak one out over the Ravens, 23 to 20. Lamar Jackson, uh, with two very uncharacteristic turnovers on the Ravens' final two possessions of the game to kind of shut that one down, and the Bills get away with one there. Uh, lucky for me, uh, I still had Lamar Jackson starting on my fantasy team this week, and even though he didn't put up 30-plus points like he normally has been, it was still definitely enough to win, and the rest of my roster is dominating. And I will be in sole possession of first place in our fantasy league at 4-0. Just so you guys know, that's what's up. Uh, we also had Chargers 34, Texans 24. Cardinals get one over the Panthers 26-16. Baker Mayfield still, still struggling to get into any kind of a rhythm here. He was 22 for 36, which you would say is pretty decent. But it was only worth 197 yards, which tells me it's a whole bunch of checkdown passes. Uh, one touchdown and two picks. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, eight carries, only 27 yards. Also, their leading receiver, uh, nine catches for 81 yards and a score. Um, Carolina, one and three, just can't seem to figure it out so far this year. Uh, we had Patriots losing to the Packers in overtime, 27 to 24. It's actually kind of a miracle for the Patriots that this game ended up being as close as that because they ended up having to go to the third string quarterback. Uh, definitely didn't expect that. You had Mac Jones down with an injury, Brian Hoyer down with an injury. So you go to the third string quarterback and I'm even trying to load him up here so I can get a little information on him. Um, let's see the kids, 23 years old out of Western Kentucky. His name's Bailey. I think it's zap Z a P P E never heard of him before. Uh, so far this season, he, and this was it. This was all of his gameplay of the whole season. 99 yards, touchdown, overall quarterback rating, 16. That's what we got on Bailey's app so far. But he had to come into this game against the Packers and do what he, do what he had to do to hang on. Wasn't quite enough. Mason Crosby, Mr. Automatic, Mr. Reliable, 
comes in an overtime and secures the win for Green Bay. They didn't look real convincing either, but that doesn't matter as long as you get the win, and they did. Uh, the Raiders finally squeak out a win over the Broncos. It sounds like the fans in Denver are ready to give up on Russell Wilson already after four weeks. They're not happy, not impressed. The Broncos are sitting at 2-2 two and two right now, and Russell Wilson's not really impressing anybody. Uh, he was uh, went 17 for 25 this week. 237 yards and two touchdowns didn't throw any picks um so you can definitely give him some credit for that but bronco fans not impressed uh let's see last night sunday night game we had chiefs over bucks and i'll tell you what patrick mahomes was making it look easy out there the dude looks like he is just playing on the playground at recess with some of the moves that he's making and some of the crazy throws that he's pulling off uh tampa bay really honestly for only losing by 10 never really looked like they were in this one. So now after that one, you've got a three and one chiefs team and a two and two Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, Brady, on the other hand, still doing what Tom Brady does 39 of 52 for 385 and three touchdowns. That's a big night for Tom Brady for sure. Uh, Mike Evans led the way for receiving for the bucks with eight catches for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but it was, it was not enough. Uh, to take down uh, the Chiefs at all. You had Patrick Mahomes, 23-37 for 249 and three scores. He did throw a pick, um, but you also had Travis Kelsey having a heck of a night uh, with nine catches for 92 yards and a score. Uh, it didn't look like a close game. The score was closer than what the game really looked like for sure. Um, so a lot of frustration in Tampa Bay for sure. <clears throat> You've also got to imagine you got to imagine that the Bucs were playing distracted. Um, with Hurricane Ian rolling through Gulf Coast, Florida last week, uh, the Bucs actually uh, left town and headed south and practiced a few days at the Miami Dolphins practice facility uh, because southern Florida was actually spared from the majority of the storm. Um, they were able to go home and play that game for Sunday night. It looked like the stadium was in good shape. Uh, players said the field drained off great and was just as good as it always is. So luckily, Tampa was not in the direct hit of the worst part of the storm. Definitely took some damage, but uh, uh, Raymond James Stadium was uh, playable and place was packed. I was, on the other hand, a little bit shocked how many Chiefs fans were actually uh, in the place for a Bucs home game. It was it was a lot closer to a 50-50 split than I would have expected just based on the noise. So that was a that was a that was a pretty bad loss for the Bucs and a great win for the Chiefs. Now, I got to come back around to my team. Normally in the NFL, if you score 45 points, you're winning that game every single week. 45 points is enough. Um it it's shocking for me to say it. Jared Goff doing just fine. He uh, threw for 378 yards, four touchdowns. He did throw a pick six, which watching the film back on that, watching all the angles on that, it was a throw that was questionable, but it was so it was the one really great defensive play by Seattle the entire game. Um, corner safety, whatever it was, DB come out of nowhere, snatched that ball. Nobody else around to stop anybody from returning that one. That was a pick six all the way. Um, that was the one mistake that Goff made really in the entire game. Other than that, he played great. The biggest problem is that the Detroit Lions defense stayed in the locker room. 
They made Geno Smith look like a Pro Bowl-level quarterback, an All-American-level quarterback, and he's not. He's just not. But he threw for, let's see, he ran for 151 yards on 17 carries. Nope, sorry. That's Rashad Rashad Penny. Sorry, I clicked on the wrong name here. Rashad Penny is a, a running back I'm not even familiar with, but the Detroit Lions darn sure know who he is now. Like I just said, 17 carries, 151 yards, and 8.9 average yards per carry for Rashad Penny. Uh, If you had him started on your fantasy league uh, this week, he also scored two touchdowns. So this dude piled up some points for you on fantasy. But I'd also have to imagine you didn't start him on fantasy because nobody's ever heard of the guy until now, and the Detroit Lions just made a stud out of him. Uh, Geno Smith, 320 yards two touchdowns, and a QBR against the Lions of 91.3. The Detroit Lions defense is out here making uh, quarterbacks who were backups in previous years look like stars in the league. Now, I got to say, going into this season with the Lions, I figured the defense looks really solid. You just drafted Aiden Hutchinson to rush off the edge. Both sides of the pass rush are looking great. Uh, Rodrigo at linebacker with our six round steal of a pick looking really great. We got corners that can really shut down deep, uh, deeps and slants. And we got a safety over the top that has proven himself to be top notch. Did not think we had any problem on defense. Turns out the defense is a complete disaster and the offense is more than good enough to win. Let me get into some stats for you here. I got to flip through a couple things to get to it, but the bottom line the bottom line is that the Detroit Lions have one of the number one offenses in football right now. So here's one for you. The Detroit Lions are the sixth team in the Super Bowl era to have both the passing touchdown and rushing touchdown leader through the first four games. Jerry Goff tied for the lead in the league with 11 passing touchdowns, and Jamal Williams with six rushing touchdowns has the outright lead in the league for rushing touchdowns through four weeks. Detroit has scored over 35 points every game, put up 45 this last week, and all they've got to show for it right now is a 1-3 and record. That is insane. That is nothing like I expected this to look like so far. Um, I don't know why I'm shocked. I've been a Lions fan my entire life. This is, this is just the kind of crap that happens to Detroit. They had to play this weekend without DeAndre Swift, without Amon Ross St. Brown, without DJ Chark on the offensive side of the ball. They finally brought Tom Kennedy up from the practice squad and got him in, had a few catches for, I believe, 54 yards. I think they need to feed the guy a little bit more on the, on the, on the pass. He proved in the preseason that he belongs there, but the receiving core is so deep in Detroit, they cut him and then re-signed him to the practice squad. I really hope he gets another shot at it this weekend because I really believe that the guy is NFL caliber uh, material. But anyway, we also had we had guys off of special teams, uh, second string running back behind Jamal Williams and scored 45 points doing it behind Jared Goff. Last year, if you would have told me that I'd be praising Jared Goff for how well he's playing, I'd say you're absolutely insane, but that's where we're at. And for having the best, one of the best offenses in football right now, uh, the Lions are an absolute disaster. 
I have no idea what it's going to take to fix this. Uh, I don't know if it's a situation where it's time to move on from the defensive coordinator or what. I don't know what it's going to take to to fix this. But there is enough talent on that team to where one and three is not where they should be at all. So that is uh, that is my absolute heartbreaker again. It's the same old Lions thing. Is that where we're at? Are we just hopes up and crushed again and there's no hope to to save the season or or what? I don't know. Four weeks in, we're we're almost 25% of the way in, almost a quarter of the way into the season, and it just seems like every time you get so darn close, you end up being so far away. So that is uh that's my rant on the Lions. The one thing that I'm a little bit curious about, um, start of the week press conference. I don't know if this was from yesterday or if it was today. Um, Dan Campbell's doing his press conference like, you know, head coaches do. They got to stand up there and answer for the team when they lose and they get to take all the credit when they win, right? The one thing that I'm a little bit surprised about is that he did make the statement that if it weren't for the pick six that Goff threw, they'd win that game. Now, while that's true, it's certainly not the reason that they lost the game. Um, Campbell has been a player's coach so far. All the players in Detroit love the guy. They play extremely hard for him. I'm I'm curious to see if there's any pushback from the players based on the comment that Campbell made about Goff's pick six being the decider in the game because I don't agree with him. Um, it didn't help. Those six points would have definitely won the game. But at the same time, they're in such a bad situation right now. Uh, the, the Detroit Lions are actually holding open tryouts for a kicker because this guy that they brought in for this week missed two extra points and almost missed a third. Um, clearly not the guy for the job. He had one kickoff that went out of bounds. Uh, is just ugly. Kids, I'm telling you, if you've never thought about it before, consider learning how to kick field goals and be a great place kicker because there is work to be found out there. You can definitely get to college if you're a good kicker and at least get a partial scholarship. And if you're decent enough and you really put in the work, you could end up in the NFL. Kickers, really good kickers are hard to find. Even average kickers, Sometimes you can't find them either, and NFL teams are holding tryouts. I'd have never thought it. For all the years we were spoiled by Jason Hansen, and then to a slightly lesser extent with Matt Prater, I'd have never in a million years thought we'd be in this bad of shape that we're holding open tryouts in Detroit for a kicker. Kind of almost makes me want to go over to Allen Park just to make a fool out of myself and give it a shot. Probably not. So that's it. That's a wrap on where we're at in the NFL right now. We're going to take one more look back at this Monday night game and see if there's anything different going on there. Oh, man, look at that. Okay, just about ready to wrap up the first quarter, and it is now 49ers 7, Rams 3. So San Francisco gets out to a lead right at the end of the first quarter over the Rams 7-3. to three. Um, I'll tell you what, these are, these are going to be closer games. That's a division rival right there. Um, we'll see. 7-3, 49ers, end of the first. Uh, just to button up a little mixed martial arts news, I talked a little bit uh, previously about Bo Nickel winning a fight on Dana White's Contender Series this last Tuesday. And when the fight was over, he made it very, very clear that he hoped to get in uh, his actual UFC debut before the year was over. Uh, within just a handful of minutes of us having that conversation, 
it was actually announced that Bo Nickel is going to get his first official UFC fight yet this year uh, on the card at UFC 282. Uh, that takes place December 10th, and he'll be fighting Jamie Pickett. Uh, Jamie Pickett actually also got his break into the UFC through Dana White's Contender Series and currently sitting on a pro record of 13-8. and eight. So, this is definitely a step up in competition as far as experience goes for Nickel, and we will see what he can do with it. There's a lot of people that are really saying that this guy is a bum, that he's got, a, I think he's a 2-2 a two and two record in the UFC uh, since getting in off of the Contender Series, and he's really just not the guy. But you know what? You got to start somewhere. Um, Nickel's already called out Hamzat Chimeyev. Um that may be a little bit premature, but I can also give the guy some some credit for wanting to fight the best because he knows absolutely it's true. If you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And right now, Hamzat in that division is uh, considered to be the best, and that is where he's trying to go. I would still say if he continues learning, growing, and developing in the sport the way that he has so far, if he's not wearing a belt in two years, I'll be shocked. So... Be looking forward to that one. December 10th, Bo Nickel against Jamie Pickett, UFC 282. I'm guessing it'll probably be a prelim fight unless, unless it's a little bit softer of a card and they maybe make him the opener on the main card, but I would expect to see that as a prelim fight. So looking forward to that one. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back with some local sports news. I'll be right back. This is the coach on Get Loud Sports. all right it's time to get into our local sports segment of get loud sports and there's a little bit of news to report for sure from around the area we did have a couple of high school football games that we needed to wrap up that hadn't been played when we did the last show um, we were looking for a score from uh, the White Pigeon and St. Charles game, and I do finally have that. Looks like they played a Saturday afternoon game, and White Pigeon uh, easily took care of St. Charles, 44-8. I don't have any stats on that one. I wasn't able to find uh, anything individual-wise, but obviously the Chiefs uh, made easy work of that one. I believe, I believe that takes the Chiefs to... A three and three record. I'm gonna try and find that right here, real quick, just so I'm right. Yep, White Pigeon Chiefs three and three right now, and that sends St. Charles to a record of two and four. And then we also had uh, Burroke, and this is eight man football. Burroke was playing. Uh, we had talked about a combined private school in eight man football. So is Burroke uh, playing St. Philip Catholic Central slash Calhoun Christian? Uh, unfortunately, Burroke uh, lost that one, fifty six to six. So they are still struggling to find a way uh, to be competitive. Um, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I, I don't know how you, I'm not sure in a town that small, how you really build a program and sustain it and get competitive. Hopefully at some point, uh, the athletic director over in Burr Oak and the, the football coach uh, can find a way to uh, get that going in the right direction because that's, that's just got to be tough. That sits them at 0-6. 
Um, so with a few weeks left, maybe there's a win in there for them somewhere and they can build on that, hopefully. Um, so that wraps it up for football for the week for the couple scores we didn't have. Uh, there was actually some high school wrestling, uh, not, not MHSAA, but high school age wrestling, kind of, kind of the normal kickoff to the wrestling season. It's the grappler fall classic, uh, it's held at wing stadium in Kalamazoo and you get in some of the top high school age wrestling uh, talent from around the country comes into that. And uh, we did have uh, one of our uh, own Constantine Falcons here, uh, Troy Demas. He's a senior this year. Uh, I believe he took third place in the 189-pound weight class at the Grappler Fall Classic. So congrats to Troy on that. That is a huge accomplishment uh, for sure. Uh, looking at the brackets, there was wrestlers from all around the country that were in that bracket and definitely some top talent that he was up against and a great start to uh, what should be an excellent senior season for Troy. So again, congrats on that. And then uh, tonight at home, uh, we had Constantine uh, soccer taking on Buchanan. Uh, Constantine was looking pretty good out there in the pink uh, breast cancer awareness jerseys. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't quite have enough for Buchanan and ended up losing that one two to nothing. Uh, Constantine is dealing with some pretty key injuries on the squad right now. And with only a few games left in the regular season, uh, hopefully we can get at least a couple of those guys back healthy to finish up with a win or two, uh, before going into the postseason, which is actually right around the corner. Um, the one stat to report, uh, for Constantine's soccer program, even out of that loss, uh, that was definitely positive, uh, death and Smith and goal, with 11 saves so um just not quite enough to get it done uh but definitely a good good job in goal for dathan so uh that's all i got for local sports for right now um we will probably come back and preview the friday night situation the one i do know off the top of my head uh constantine will be taking on uh kalamazoo united this week that's always a shootout of a game for sure um Constantine definitely having a much better season so far than United so we will see how that one shakes out but we'll come back a little bit later in the week and get a Friday night preview uh before we get into all those games and let you know who's going where uh this weekend and who's playing who so we'll look forward to doing that here shortly um but until then uh this has been get loud sports with the coach we'll talk to you next time